I want to talk to you all today briefly or as the spirit leads from the subject matter, the dark side of Christmas, the dark side of Christmas. Now, if you know your Bibles, there is the beautiful side of Christmas. It's found in Luke's gospel. Now, Luke's account of the first Christmas is a love story set to music. There are angels coming and going. They are singing and lighting up the sky. There are shepherds coming to visit. There is a baby lying in a manger. That's Luke's account. But there's another side of Christmas. That's what we're going to deal with here today. And that is the dark side of Christmas or the hard side of Christmas. Because it is Matthew's account of the first Christmas Matthew's account, there is hatred and betrayal. There's murder and weeping. The doors are locked shut. There are families hiding in their basements. Mothers hold their dead babies in their arms, executed by order of the king because it was Christmas. You probably know the story. The Magi had followed the star from uh, the east. They stopped in the royal city thinking the new king would uh, be born there. Upon asking King Herod if he knew where this new king was, he calls out his religious advisors and they tell him uh, that scripture prophesied it would be in Bethlehem. And so Herod relays that information to the Magi and then requests that after the Magi find this baby, they return to him and share where the baby was. And so now let's go to Matthew, the second chapter. Let's start at verse number nine. Let's let this text help us preach this message today, verse 9, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 13, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 
verse 14, so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Verse 15, when he stayed until the death of Herod and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. Verse number Verse number 17, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Verse 18, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And then verse 20, our final verse, and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life is dead. Somebody say is dead. The dark side of Christmas. And you know, we don't like this particular account of the Christmas story. In fact, when I read this and the Lord uh, began to speak to me, I said, no, Lord, that's not what they come in uh, to hear today. They want to hear joy to the world. The Lord has come. Somebody come to church. You thought you was going to hear jingle bells. Not in church here today. Amen. And so we don't quite like the Matthew's account of of uh, the Christmas story, but it is important to know so that we can understand uh, what Christmas is really all uh, about. Have you ever asked yourself why Christmas is such a difficult time for some people? You have to understand that for many, Christmas is the hardest time of uh, the year. It's a time of conflict or grief. There's a burden uh, to carry. There is something painful to endure. Research shows that more people experience depression at this time uh, of year. Can I talk to y'all for a minute? Suicide rates rise uh, dramatically during the Christmas season and into the new year. There are more family fights and more tears are shed during this time than at any other holiday or season. For many people, for many people, even the saints, it is not a season to be jolly. And there are several reasons for the feelings of depression and senselessness doing this season. Well, one reason, one reason is loneliness. Everybody say loneliness. Because, you know, after all, Christmas is a time of gathering with family and friends. 
but doing all the fellowship. There are people who are alone. And some of these people are alone for the first time. And so that makes this season difficult for those uh, struggling with loneliness. Some of you will have the family gathering and you will have uh, the table set and the table will be full uh, of food, but yet you will still feel lonely. How I many of y'all know a crowd don't necessarily mean that people in the crowd feel like they are a part of the crowd or maybe something has gone on. Maybe you've had a loss and in the midst of the laughter, in the midst of all of the fun, there's still a feeling of loneliness. And a second reason is a sense of failure. Everybody say failure because you know after all at the end of of one year and into another we tend to evaluate our lives a good number of people focus on their failures instead of their successes some of us think too long on on the mistakes and it produces a sense of a failure but can I talk to some here as you began to look back over your life ain't no need of you to spending too much time on what you did not do and what you could have invested in and if I have done this or maybe if I had done the other I wouldn't be where I am right now remember I told you last week that the great I am is also the God of what is in other words it is is what it is. We've got to do like the Apostle Paul say, forget those things which are behind. You can't just keep dwelling on what took place in 2021. Amen. Forget those things which are behind and press forward. All of us have failed in some kind of way in 20 and 21. If we could live it over again, there are many things perhaps uh, that we all would do different, but yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And so can I encourage us today to forget those things which are behind. And then there's a third reason. Can I take my time? I ain't going to be too long, but I think I need to talk about the dark side of Christmas. Then the third reason is finances. Uh Uh-oh, y'all done woke up now. Because when you deal with finances, it seems like our income doesn't match up with our desires. We spend a lot at the end of the year for Christmas presents and, uh, and seasons no gatherings. We either wish that we could have been more lavish or we dread to open the credit card statements and the Amazon Prime bill. Y'all know Bishop Amazon Prime that the bill that will be coming at the first of, of the year and other reasons may include how they have commercialized this season so much. 
much. It's just so much. It's just so much busyness. You know, you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost just to go to Walmart now. But you need to understand that the main reason, the main reason for the dark side of Christmas is very simple. And I'm going to tell you what it is. The dark side of Christmas is simply because Christmas is spiritual warfare. I don't want y'all to miss that. Just stick with me for just a few moments. You see, Christmas is really spiritual warfare. You see, every instant of our lives is a part of a greater spiritual conflict. I think I need to let somebody know what you're going through right now. Uh, It's a spiritual conflict. And the first Christmas is no exception. And that's why Paul comes along in the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. In verse 12, he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in in the heavenly realms. And so Christmas is really a spiritual, it's a spiritual warfare. You see, we want we want to believe that Christmas is the suspension of conflict. Jesus came, everything is going to be all right. That's what we want to think. However, we what we learn from scripture is that Christmas is the beginning of God's final invasion into the dominion of darkness. I need y'all to put your spiritual minds on. Forget about the tree right now. Forget about the lights that you're going to put on your house when you get out of church. I need you to understand this, that Christmas, my God, is an invasion. And guess what? It's an invasion that Satan fought it then and he's still trying to fight it right now. Yeah, yeah, we want the world, we want the world to believe that Christmas is innocent, that it's tender, that it's loving, and that it's good. And for those who are Christ followers, and those of us that believe in God, that is a very true statement. But for Satan and his demons, and for all those who want to stay in under the power of evil and darkness, The message of Christmas is their greatest threat. How else can you explain the ridiculous reactions to the Christmas story and and the Christmas message? What about those million dollar lawsuits against displaying the nativity scene on public property? Are y'all with me here? There was a case just a few years ago. The plaintiff claimed that nativity scenes are dangerous to the welfare of society. Now is that rational? Come on. Is that making any kind of of sense? What 
danger is a baby and some poor shepherds and a young Jewish couple to the intellect and well-being of such an educated and open-minded society as ours. You got to understand it's an invasion. It's a spiritual it's a spiritual warfare. But I need y'all to know that there is a danger. Somebody say there is a danger. It's a danger because uh, it's not just a story. It's not just a, a story. Some of y'all want to just, you know, it's okay to read it to your children uh, before they go to bed at night. And we say, tell your children about the Christmas story. But I want you all to know here today and spread the word everywhere that it's not just a, a story. It's about the invasion of the light of the world into a world filled with darkness. Christmas is about an invasion. I'm going to feel like preaching in a minute. I'm just trying to talk to y'all though. Christmas says, listen, Christmas says that there are those who want the Savior more than anything. There are those of you that come to church and you've made up in your mind, I'd rather have Jesus. Is there anybody in here that'd rather have Jesus than houses on land? I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. you made up in your mind that you can have this whole world but just give but just give me Jesus there are still those of us that long for God's presence we long we long for God's power and rule in our lives but Christmas also says that there are those who do not want God in their lives they would rather stay in darkness and and selfishness. Well, in our main scripture passage for today, we see a clear demonstration of the dark side of Christmas. This demonstration comes in the form of a person. And can I please tell y'all, the devil's not like God. He can't be everywhere at the same time. Come on here. And so the only way the devil can be someplace is he got to work through somebody. Hello. Tell your neighbor, don't let the devil work through you. You don't. Uh -uh. don't let the devil don't let the devil work through you you having trouble at work that ain't nothing but the devil working through some folk you having trouble at home that's just the devil working through them folk come on don't let the devil use you but here is demonstrated in the form of a person and his name was Herod the Great Herod was the king of Israel he was only half Jewish but was placed in to his role as a Judean ruler by special permission of uh, the Roman Empire. And it might surprise you to find that uh, he was a gifted politician. And how many of y'all know a politician is dangerous all by him or herself. But when they've been gifted, oh, they're dangerous. How many of y'all know we got a lot of gifted politicians? And that's the reason why the world is being turned 
turned upside down. He learned how to keep both Rome and the Jews happy. In other words, he straddled the fence. He was able just to keep everybody happy. But y'all do got sense enough to know that in this world, you can't keep everybody happy. That's some of y'all's problem. Help me, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all's problem, you trying to keep everybody happy. But you're going to have to come to grips with the reality of life. Somebody say, preach, pastor, that I can't keep everybody happy. Something is wrong if everybody that you associate yourself with is just happy. Y'all ain't got to help me. Because when you tell folk the truth, sometimes they're not happy. Sometimes you got to look folk in their eye and you got to rebuke them. And you got to say that is not so. But this fella here, he was a gifted politician. He was able, the Romans were happy with him. And the Jews was happy. And then he did not stop there. Can I tell you a little something about the king? Uh, in order to keep his power, he married several times. Not for love, but to increase his wealth and kingdom. Like anyone who uh, gains p- position from power and uh, and deceit, he had to always protect himself uh, from his enemies and his friends. He killed one of his wives and several of his sons uh, because because he thought that they were working against him. This is a cruel fella, y'all. And any hint of threat was dealt with quickly and violently. That sound like somebody else we knew. What's his name? King Kung Kong? Somebody, I don't know his name. You know the president somewhere that's killing up everybody and chopping their arms off. And y'all, 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 y'all read, read. Y'all don't read enough. Y'all don't read enough. And so then you got to factor in here the report of a new king being born. A new king is being born. And history records that there were predictions from the wise men of Greece and Persia and Rome. Far east and of course in Israel that the birth of the Messiah, the God King was about to occur. And so the magic came to King Herod himself and asked directions to this new savior king to bring gifts and to honor him. They obviously expected all of Israel to be waiting and and prepared for this. This was the Messiah and and the entire world needed him. But what was Herod's plan? What was this king's plan? It's real simple. The king's plan was to stop Christmas. That's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to stop Christmas. He would kill the young child before his power could be established. So he tells the Magi that once they discover where this new king was, please come back and tell me. So listen to this liar so that I so I can kneel down and worship him. Come on here, the devil. The devil is a liar. Y'all be careful. I don't want to preach too long. Let me get a 
yourself there. You ought to be careful with folk judging folk because uh, uh, how much they dance and how much they say hallelujah and how much uh, they say praise the Lord. That don't mean they're deep. That don't mean uh, that they're saved. He said, you go find them and tell me where he is so that I can come and uh, and I could worship him. But how many of y'all know God is always at work? I stop back here to tell somebody God, God is always at work. God is working in your situation. Tell your neighbor God is at work. Don't look at him, just kind of say it. Don't look at him. Mm. somebody you need to hear that God is at work right now in your situation he warns the wise men not to go back to Herod so the magic take another road home and so then when Herod discovers he has been betrayed he's livid with anger the betrayer has been betrayed the fox have been outfoxed he kills all the male children under the age of two years old my my God, within a five, six mile radius around Bethlehem, but God is still working. He then speaks to Joseph in a dream and he tells Joseph, it's time for you and Mary to get up and flee. Take Christmas with you. My God, don't leave Christmas. Don't leave the baby. You take, you take Christmas with you. Go to Egypt and I want you to hide Christmas. So they go in the cloak of darkness into Egypt just as the scripture prophesied it would be. And ironically no one needed Jesus more than Herod. Ain't it amazing the people that mess with you the most are the ones that need Jesus the most? Y'all ain't gonna help me. He was in deep trouble with his family. He was being consumed with fear and guilt for killing his wife emotionally he was on the edge of a breakdown his hatred and fear of his enemies was eating him alive he was sick on the inside he was in pain and would soon die a horrible death my god and Jesus had come to his kingdom and Herod's fear and love of his sin won over his need I stop back here to tell somebody Jesus is in the house and don't let your fears don't let what you think that you need don't let your heart's desire meet the fact that Jesus says that I'm all that you will ever need and it's amazing that so many of us so many of us I'm a preacher now so many of us today struggle with the same issues as Herod we face the fear of surrender in very real ways which one of us have not battled the fear of Christmas I'm talking about because you know what Christmas says that every knee must bow every tongue must confess Christmas says not my will but God I want your will to be done Christmas says all that I am and all that I I ever hope to be I'm yours Lord y'all do know that Christmas speaks to us Christmas Christmas 
Christmas is the center of the cosmic battle of life. Do we trust God or do we doubt God? Do we bow down before him or do we resist him? Do we run to him or do we run away from him? And so like Herod, we fight and win. We really should follow. We make war when we should be just simply worshiping God. Stop fighting. Tell your neighbor, the fight is over. Mm, come on here. I don't know who that's for. That's for somebody here today. Though. The fight is, uh, the fight is over. Stop fighting and just uh, start worshiping God. Worship God because of who God is. Worship God. And so let's stop fighting and let's start, uh, let's start worshiping God. We fear when we should turn to God as friends. And the fact is that you cannot understand or live in the real Christmas until you understand and deal with the spiritual warfare of Christmas. Amidst the sound of the angels singing, there is also the sound of quiet weeping. There is the loving family gathered around the manger, but there is also the hateful king wanting to tear them apart. Christmas is is God's call for our participation. God asked a young virgin named Mary and a man named Joseph to be his partner for Christmas. They were invited to participate in the bringing of Christmas to the world. And when God asks you to participate, he never promises that it's going to be easy. It wasn't easy for Mary, nor was it easy for Joseph. Their marriage plans were changed. Their friends changed. The ride uh-huh, to Bethlehem was hard and long. And the local, my God, hotel was closed. And they had to give birth to God in a stable with the sheep and the cattle. It wasn't easy to flee to Egypt and raise their child. But you have to understand when you participate with God it's not for your convenience. But guess what? He never promised me that it was going to be easy. But he did. He did promise me that I'm never alone. And so God God's work for redemption has always involved the invitation of participation. When you think about Noah, Abraham, and Moses, when you think about the 12 
disciples. Consider his call to his church to carry uh-huh, the gospel across the world. And as I come to a close, I want St. Luke and those that are here today to know that on this Christmas, on this Christmas Sunday, God is calling us to participate. God invites us to partner with him. We can't save everybody. We are not Christmas. Only Christ can do that. But we can carry Christmas everywhere that we go. We can participate with God in his Christmas battle. And this participation is not just at this time. Instead, we're called to take the Christmas message, the message of God's love, that he came and he died. They buried him, but on the third day, I'm glad that he got up and we got to take the message of God's lordship. We've got to take the message of God's power. We've got to let them know that God's got all power in the palm of his hand. We've got to let them know that there is still power. I'm going to feel like preaching in a minute that there's still power in the blood of Jesus the blood it will never lose its power it reaches up to the highest mountain it flows down to the lowest valley there's power still in Christmas power to save power to deliver Deliver. Power to set free. There's power still in Christmas. And he want us to know that Christmas is also about God's promise to provide for you. It shouldn't have been easy to have stopped the first Christmas. It was just a poor couple at the mercy of a great king and just a few of his soldiers. The odds were against them and the devil thought it was going to be easy. But he learns just a little too late that what God wants that's what God gets and I stop back here to tell you whatever God wants in your life that's what you get there's not a devil in hell there's not a devil on their way to hell there's not a devil coming from hell that can stop God from blessing you that can stop God from healing you. That can stop God from opening up a door. 
back and stop God from making a way. Hey! Hey! Christmas is all about God's provision. Say yes! Ah, yes! Yes! If you will participate, God will provide. He'll provide your ram in your bush. Say yes, because I heard I'm closing, but I heard Paul says, God is able. Somebody shout, God is able. You fill in the blank. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. Say yes. Yes. God will provide. You will be enriched in every way. When you go out, when you come in, every time you turn around, God will bless you. God will enrich you. Say yes. You ought to declare that I am blessed because of Christmas. You don't have to buy me one single gift. I'm already blessed. Yes, they hung my Christmas on a Christmas tree up a hill called God's golfer. He hung there, bled, and died. But oh! somebody say, oh! Yes, my Christmas. I'm trying to close my Christmas. They thought he was dead, but he went down to the depths of hell. When he got in hell, he saw, he saw those who went before him. Yes, he went over to a corner and he saw somebody jumping up and down and they asked who it was 
yes Job was jumping what you jumping for I'm waiting on my change to come Christmas will allow your change to come tell your neighbor because of Christmas my change is coming come on say it like you mean it because of Christmas my healing is on the way because of Christmas my door is coming open Christmas 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 is alive and it's a warfare it's a warfare I don't mean to take the zap out of your Christmas but it's a warfare why do you think kids that don't even know no better when you're giving them three or four gifts even the devil get in your kids well that bike is bigger than mine on Christmas come on here y'all know I'm telling the truth look like you spent more money on her than you did on this person that's cause Christmas is a warfare even in giving gifts but when we learn that Herod tried to stop Christmas to the point it's almost like see some of y'all think some of this stuff just started some of the stuff that just started those of you that's been in the game I've never been I just heard those that have been in the game when somebody say I'm going to get you when they can't find you they'll go get the closest person to you to let you know that I'm going to get you that I'm coming after you that's how that works so Herod didn't know where Jesus was so to let him know I'm coming after you Let's just kill every child within a six mile radius of the prophesied city. Y'all don't miss it. That he would be born in. He was just simply trying to stop Christmas. How the Grinch stole Christmas is one of my favorites, I gotta admit. And it's a good little show to watch. It is. It's a good little fun, entertaining show to watch. But the Grinch don't have nothing on Herod. Herod really tried to stop Christmas. And Herod been dead and gone for, oh God. But guess what? People are still trying to stop Christmas. And Christmas says, I come that you might have life. While you're trying to destroy me, I'm the life giver. You tried once, you could not succeed. Leave it alone. 
he who was once dead, but I am alive forevermore. So stop it, stop it, stop it. Every eye closed. I pray the prayer of of Paul that he prayed to the Ephesus church at Ephesus. I pray on each and every one of you today for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man I pray for your strength that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God be strengthened my brother Be strengthened, my sister. I rebuke the spirit of loneliness. I rebuke the spirit of regret. I rebuke the spirit of doubt. God will supply all of your needs. Somebody, you come to church today, and I'm finished, but you're literally standing in the valley of decision in the valley of decision i don't know who you are but you're right in the valley god do i go left do i go right do i stay do i go you're in the valley of decision trust in the lord with all your heart Lean not to thine own understanding. But in all of your ways acknowledge him. And God will. God will direct you. Stop talking. Start listening. And watch and see won't God. Direct. Your path. I decree it, I claim it, in the name of Jesus. It is so, it is so, it's done right now. God, I pray for healing in those that know sickness. God, I pray for healing. God, I pray a special prayer for Sister Lori. You have a procedure this week that you guide the hand 
of the physicians. And God, we already know <laughs> you always reward us for our faithfulness. We're claiming complete healing now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the doctors. Thank you for the nurses that you've enabled them the intelligence to work on these bodies that you made. But God, we yet know that you are in full control. And we say thank you. God, if there's anybody that don't know your darling son, Jesus, as a personal savior, God, I pray that you save him before it's too late. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the dark side of Christmas. God, we never want to forget what your darling son had to go through so that we could celebrate life. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Put those hands together, everybody. And say, thank God for Christmas.